Today's reading is Burns. It will come from the O'Sullivan text. I will read directly certain portions and I will summarize basic understanding of points at times also. The reading is found in the seventh edition, starting initially with page 1053, and that is chapter 24, Subject Burns. Epidermal burn involves the epidermis only. Basically and easily recognized as being a sunburn. That's a typical example. The skin will appear red or erythemous. And that is due to epidermal damage or dermal irritation. Remember, there is no injury to the dermal tissue itself. The redness and the inflammation is going to come from your mast cells that release various substances. Remembering that it is the mediator of the inflammatory response. Okay. The surface will be dry. There are no blisters. There is slight edema. There is a delay in the development of pain, yet the area is tender to touch. Following the epidermal damage, epidermal layers will begin to peel off or desquamate in about three to four days. This happens spontaneously. Therefore, the skin is healing by itself. There is no scar tissue formed. The second will be the superficial partial thickness burn. This damage is going to occur to the epidermis into the papillary layer of the dermis. The epidermal layer is destroyed completely. Again, for superficial partial thickness burn, the epidermal layer is completely destroyed. The papillary dermal layer sustains mild to moderate damage. So again, superficial partial thickness burn, complete destruction of the epidermal layer, mild to moderate damage of the papillary dermal layer. This burn type is easily recognized by the presence of an intact blister over the area that has been injured. Let's speak a moment about blisters. The internal environment of the blister is basically considered sterile. Now the fluid contained therein there is fluid inside the blister, and that fluid contains substances that increase the inflammatory response and retard the healing process. And this is a major point to keep in mind. With the superficial partial thickness burn, there is the presence of an intact blister. Let's remember that that fluid contained within the blister, that fluid contains substances that increase the inflammatory response, therefore retarding the healing process. With that in mind, it's important that these blisters be evacuated. Healing will occur more rapidly if the damaged skin is removed and appropriate um, topical agent and wound dressing is applied. Once you remove the blisters, the surface of the burn area will be moist. Okay, the wound will also be bright red because the dermis is inflamed. The wound will blanch. That means if we place pressure on it against the tissue with a finger, a white spot will appear. And because of the displacement of blood in the capillaries, that's under pressure. On release of the pressure, the white area will demonstrate a brisk capillary refill. Okay, 
there will be edema present. That'll be moderate. Moderate edema will be present with a superficial partial thickness burn. This burn is extremely painful. Why? Because there are nerve endings contained within the dermis that has been destroyed. So you've got irritation of these nerve endings. When the wound is open, the patient will be highly sensitive to um, temperature. Any type of temperature change, exposure to air, light touch, it's painful, highly sensitive. In addition to pain, fever may be present if the area becomes infected. We know that once we evacuate this blister, the surface is going to appear moist in appearance. It will be bright red. So we want to put something on that, um, preferably quickly. So a topical antimicrobial cream. This is going to cause the wound to develop a gelatin-like film that will eventually peel off like decrimization that occurs with the epidermal burn. This exudate is a collagium of the topical antibiotic that's used to prevent infection and a serum that seeps from the wound. Okay, so from the body as it heals and you've applied this antimicrobial cream topically, you will have a gelatin-like film. It's going to peel off just like decrimization. This exudate consists of your topical antibiotic that you apply to prevent infection and a serum that seeps from the wound as a result of the insult to the capillary integrity. These burns, superficial partial thickness burns, will heal without surgical intervention. They will heal by means of epithelial cell production and migration from the wound's periphery and surviving skin appendages. So we're going to have natural healing. Coverage of new epithelium resumes the barrier function of the skin, and complete healing should occur within 7 to 10 days. Now, there may be some residual skin color change owing to the destruction of mel melanocytes, but scarring is minimal. So, as we go through our burn classifications, we're going to be noticing a few things. Let me go ahead and tell you what those are now. The appearance of blisters the appearance of scars in the healing, and also whether or not there's pain. Let's continue with the deep partial thickness burn. A deep partial thickness burn involves destruction of the epidermis and the papillary dermis with damage down to the reticular dermal layer. Okay, This burn nears the deepest dermis. As it does so, it begins to resemble a full thickness burn. Most of the nerve endings, hair follicles, and sweat ducts will be injured because most of the dermis is destroyed. The appearance of this burn, deep partial thickness, will appear mixed red or waxy in color. The deeper the injury, the whiter it will appear. Capillary refill will be sluggish after the application of pressure on the wound. Okay? The surface of this wound bed will, is going to be wet, okay, from broken blisters and alteration of the dermal vascular network, which leaks plasma fluid. A hallmark identification 
of a, a deep partial thickness burn is marked edema. Okay, this is a hallmark sign of this burn depth. There's a large amount of evaporative water loss, about 15 to 20 times normal because, because of the tissue and vascular destruction. An area of the deep partial thickness burn is has, excuse me, has diminished sensation to light touch, but retains the sense of deep pressure owing to the location of the Parkinian corpuscle deep in the reticular dermis. Healing for the deep partial thickness burn occurs through scar formation and re-epithelialization. By definition, the dermis is only partially destroyed. Therefore, some viable epidermal cells may remain within the surviving epidermal appendages and serve as a source of new skin growth. Now, in terms of depth, the depth of a deep partial thickness injury is sometimes difficult to determine. This, and because of that, that allows the wound to demarcate between normal and damaged tissue during the first few days. That's necessary, okay? Let that happen. Demarcation becomes evident after several days as the dead tissue begins to slough. Hair follicles that penetrate the tissue excuse me, hair follicles that penetrate the deeper dermal regions below the burn level remain viable. Preservation of hair follicles and new hair growth will indicate deep partial thickness burn. Let's note that again. Hair follicles that penetrate the deeper, deeper dermal regions below the burn level remain viable. Okay, so you will have new hair growth. That will indicate a deep partial thickness burn. Okay, and that's the distinction between a full thickness injury. Also with this deep partial thickness burn, there is a potential for spontaneous healing. Factors that determine which epidermal structures survive and which die include the thickness of the skin in a particular location and or the distance of the area from the source of heat. Deep partial thickness burns, we should allow them to heal spontaneously. Deep partial thickness burns that are allowed to heal spontaneously will have a thin epithelium and may lack the usual number of sebaceous glands to keep the skin lubricated. New tissue usually appears dry and scaly, itchy and easily abraded. It's going to be important to use creams artificially to lubricate the, the new surface. Remember, you need these um, creams to lubricate because of the damage to the sebaceous glands. And that you remember their function is to keep the skin lubricated. Sensation and the number of active sweat ducts will be diminished. This burn, deep partial thickness, generally heals within three to five weeks if it does not become infect infected. It is critical to keep the wound free of infection because infection can convert a deep partial thickness burn into a deeper injury. The development of hypertrophic and keloid scars is a frequent consequence of a deep partial thickness burn. So in terms of scarring, deep partial thickness burn, yes, there's scarring. Hypertrophic and keloid, either one, you've got scars. Next, we have full thickness burn. 
This involves all the epidermal and dermal layers destroyed completely. In addition to that, subcutaneous fat layer may be damaged to some extent. Characteristics of a full thickness burn um, will be a scar. It's going to be characterized by hard parchment-like scar covering the area. Escar is devitalized tissue consisting of desiccated collagen of plasma and necrotic cells. Escar feels dry, leathery, and rigid. The color of it can vary from black to deep red to white. The latter, being white, indicates total ischemia of the area. So if you have escar that is white, you've got total ischemia of the area. All right, frequently thrombosis of superficial blood levels, uh, blood vessels, excuse me, is apparent. No blanching, no blanching of the tissue is observed. The deep red color of the tissue results from hemoglobin fixation liberated from destroyed red blood cells. Hair follicles are completely destroyed, so body hairs will pull out easily. All nerve endings in the dermal tissue are destroyed, so the wound will be insinate without feeling. Okay? However, the patient may experience a significant amount of pain owing to inflammation and because adjacent areas of partial thickness burns usually surround a full thickness injury. Okay, so yeah, all nerve endings destroyed. We're saying the wound is insinate. However, there's significant pain. Why? Inflammation and, excuse me, the adjacent areas. Adjacent to it usually is a partial thickness burn that does have nerve endings. A major problem that arises from deep burns is damage to the peripheral vascular system because large amounts of fluid leak into the intertitial spaces beneath unyielding eschar, the pressure in the esophascular space increases, potentially constricting the deep circulation to the point of occlusion. Interesting. Very nice. Uh, so if you look at something like that, that's a cardiovascular complication. Okay? Because escar does not have the elastic quality of normal skin, edema that forms in the area of a circumferal burn can cause compression of the underlying vasculature. If this compression is not relieved, it may lead eventually to occlusion with possible necrosis of tissue distal to the site of injury. So to maintain vascular flow, an escrotomy may be necessary. Now, an escrotomy is a midline lateral incision of the escar, the length of, of an extremity or chest wall. Okay, now there's a picture in the O'Sullivan text on page 1055 of the seventh edition that shows an escrotomy and the result of pressure that forces the incision to gap. Okay, and it's actually a picture of the right upper extremity. 
All right. Following astronomy, pulses are frequently examined to monitor restoration of circulation. Remember the reason why it's done is to maintain vascular flow. To assess whether it's working, check pulses frequently. Okay? For restoration of circulation. If the astronomy is successful, there will be an immediate improvement in peripheral blood flow demonstrated by normal pulses, distal to the wound, and a return of normal temperature and capillary refill of the distal extremity. Now, for differential diagnosis, at times it may be able to differentiate a deep partial burn from a full thickness burn early in the post-burn period. All right, so the differences will become evident after several days. Remember that also for a deep partial thickness burn, it was sometimes difficult to determine. So you allowed a demarcation to occur for the first few days as necessary. So too, it is sometimes difficult to differentiate a deep partial burn from a full thickness burn early in the post-burn period. And the differences will become more evident after several days. All right. So for full thickness burn, there are no sites available for re-epithelialization of the wound. All epithelial cells have been destroyed and skin, skin grafting will be necessary. So major thing with the full thickness burn, healing, skin grafting, necessary. Now we'll talk about a subdermal burn. This involves complete destruction of all tissue from the epidermis down to and through the subcutaneous tissue. Muscle and bone are subject to necrosis when burned. This type of burn occurs with prolonged contact with a heat source and routinely occurs as a result of contact with electricity. Extensive surgical and therapeutic management is necessary to return a patient um, to some degree of function. Well, let's discuss briefly electrical burn. This is important. The signs and symptoms of an electrical burn, burn may vary according to the type of current, intensity of the current, and the area of the body the electrical current um, passed through. A burn, usually an electrical burn, usually results from the passage of an electrical current through the body after the skin has made contact with an electrical source. Okay. Electrical current, current follows the course of least resistance offered by various tissues. Nerves followed by blood vessels offer the least resistance Bone offers the most resistant. Tissue damage results from tissue resistance to the passage of the current or by direct electrical current. Typically, contact sites um, will exit, excuse me, will exist where the patient first came in contact with the electricity and a second site where the patient was grounded. The wound where initial contact was made, sometimes referred to as the entrance wound, will appear charred and depressed, and many times is smaller than the ground site. The skin appears yellow and ischemic. The ground site, which is sometimes referred to as the exit wound, appears as though there was an explosion 
out of the tissue at the site. Its appearance is dry. Tissues along the path where the current may be damaged owing to heat that developed as a result of tissue resistance to current passage. An extremity or area appears viable after an injury may become necrotic and gangrious in a few days. Arteries um, may undergo spasm and there may be necrosis of the vascular wall. The blood supply to the surrounding tissues, including muscle, may be altered. Damaged muscle, pay attention to this, something to note. Damaged muscle will feel soft. So on palpation, you got damaged muscle feeling soft. Because the course of the tissue destruction is unpredictable, there may be unequal and uneven muscle damage. Time will be required to determine which tissues will remain viable and which will not. Time is your friend. Time is your friend. Time will be required to determine which tissues will remain viable and which will not. There can be consequences to electricity passing through your body. Cardiac arrhythmias, acute renal failure, secondary to fluid and electrolyte imbalances, and a release of myoglobin, that's the protein in the muscle, into the blood. One of the most severe complications of an electrical current damage is acute spinal cord damage or a vertebral fra fracture. Clinically, these patients will have a spastic paresis, but may or may not have a sensory pathway changes over commitment concomitant areas of spasticity. Possible causes of death from electrical burns are ventricular fibrillation and respiratory arrest. I want to thank you so much for listening to me go over these burn wound classifications and ways to differential diagnose them from each other.